faith, family, freedom. It all still matters here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. You know, most of us are used to texting and video chat. Come on, another Zoom conference call at work. Yep, Messenger, whatever app you use. And to adults, these are tools. But to kids, they're a much bigger part of the world in ways that we can't understand or really comprehend. And we grown-ups aren't always let in on that world. Sometimes the results of what happens in the digital world is real harm in the real world. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for staying with us on American Viewpoints. Joined now by Tina Meyer from the Megan Meyer Foundation. And Tina, it's been a while since we've chatted. Thanks for being on the program. And um, I always hate to ask you to tell your story, but um, you got into the discussion of what we now know as cyberbullying from a very, very personal place. Um, yes, thanks for having me, Mike. You know, I never knew what cyberbullying was um, in the beginning. I just was worried about kids being online and, you know, sexual predators. Um, but my 13-year-old daughter, Megan, was cyberbullied by an adult neighbor pretending to be a boy on MySpace. And she unfortunately took her own life um, on October 17th of 2006. And really from that point, um, sharing Megan's story, I started hearing from other kids and other families that were going through these similar situations. And it really kind of thrust me into the foundation and talking about these issues and talking to kids and, and what can we do? How do we help? How do we make a difference? Now, the, the platforms may change. The form may change. You mentioned MySpace, which I don't even know if it's around anymore. I mean, uh, Facebook, yeah, yeah Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, you name it. There's something out there, but the actual brand isn't really relevant as, as I read into this. It really is what happens online. And, you know, when we were kids, if somebody bullied us or made fun of us, we could just walk away from it, not hang out with them, punch them in the mouth, whatever the case is. But it's a whole different world, and I think a lot of people that, that who are my age and, and you and I are about the same age sometimes don't really understand how this works. We say, well, why not just delete it or block them? Right. You know, I wish it was that easy, but the reality is, is that we live by technology. You know, so whether it is on all of those platforms you talked about from the moment that you wake up till the time that you go to bed and you get notifications throughout the night. And so when you are now getting these notifications and you're not being invited or invited or they're making fun of a picture or a post that you put out or they are you know isolating you and normally they didn't you know join you in a chat and now they're not when these things are happening it's it's one of those things of you feel like it's all happening to you because your whole world is this out you know this technology and so it feels like it's gone viral. It feels like everybody knows. So if somebody makes a post about, you know, your boyfriend just broke up with you because of this or this or this, it feels like not just those five people knew about it. It feels like the entire school knows about it. And so that can be really damaging. And it's, it's one of the concerns of why we talk about these issues. And especially now with COVID, we're really dealing with a lot of issues now with kids feeling isolated, not included. And it's, it's kind of changing. Tina, there's a lot of adults who are listening to our conversation right now and they say, okay, so what? Somebody said something that made fun of you online. We've all had that. Just get tougher. That's life. You know, the get tougher rule, we live in a whole different world now. We live in a world not, now where 
you cannot just get tougher and walk away from it and can't go down to the neighborhood, you know, the next neighborhood and play with those friends. This stuff follows you everywhere that you go. So from one school to another school to a community. And so it's not just the get tougher. What we really need to be able to do is when kids are going through this, stop, listen to them, validate how they feel. It doesn't mean you have to believe in all of their, you know, what's going on or, or think it's a big, huge deal, but to them it is. And then ask them, what can I do to help you? How do we work through this? Because threatening to take away their technology, saying it's no big deal, just ignoring it doesn't work. And if you think about as an adult, if we have that coworker that consistently undercuts you and sends emails and goes into your boss's office and does that, and you can just ignore it and walk away, it's no different for these kids. Is there a difference between just typical teenage drama, they're figuring out life and how to communicate and how to deal with conflict and actual cyberbullying because there's got to be some room for kids to learn how to deal with conflicts and hurt feelings and and work it out but it seems like it's probably kind of a gray area it is a gray area a little bit though yes we're gonna not like each other sometimes and have friendships and all of that those things are going to happen disagreements conflicts but when it changes to cyberbullying is when that person now is directing this towards you. So they are directing, they're sending, you know, statements out about you, talking about you, getting people to ignore you, spreading rumors about you. When they are directing it towards you and repeatedly doing this, then it's considered cyberbullying. If one person sends a not nice message to you, it may be very hurtful, it may spread, but it's not considered cyberbullying. It has to be repeated and directed towards you. We're visiting with Tina Meyer from the Megan Meyer Foundation, and we'll give out that contact information in just a couple of minutes, Tina. Um, obviously, schools have to uh, deal with this and uh, work with the students, but primarily, it just seems to me that the parents have to keep an eye on stuff. I actually know one person who found out after her son's suicide that he had an entire different social media presence than the one the family knew about. That's really scary to think of. What can parents do to at least know what's going on so that they can step in and help if needed? I think it's impossible for every parent to know every single thing that a child is doing. They do have to have some place of independence. But I think when you start early and you start with the, the threatening part of I'm going to take technology away, you listen to me, my rules are the highway type thing don't work because then they're going to try to hide things. They know what they're supposed to do and not supposed to do, but they want to be a part of it. So listening to them, discussing with them what to do, how to deal with it with situations that arise. So starting early and saying, hey, listen, you know, we've heard about all of these stories that happen. I want to make sure that I'm there for you. So if a situation happens or arises, what can we do? How do I help you through it? talking to them about supports and hotlines that they can go to or places they can go to to look to see about information on this. The other thing is for parents is to really, if you're gonna start young, make sure you know the technology you're giving the child, set up the parental information on that piece of technology, and then make sure that you start you know, letting a little bit of the restrictions go the older they get, but communication, talking to them is the most important, honestly. Now, this is something that's just way too complicated for a short radio segment like this. Um, what are some of the resources you have available on the website and on social media? 
So we have a ton of resources that you can go to at meganmeyerfoundation.org. And a lot of kids go for statistics and reports, but there's a lot of different links that you can go to. The other thing that we're doing now is we are actually have created a video because of not being able to go into schools and have face-to-face -face discussions with them. We've created a video on Megan's store with some curriculum that we're going to be pushing out um, in the next couple of weeks to schools. But I think that if they come to our page and their children are, you know, sixth grade and up, have them read Megan's story and create a really good dialogue with that child about what are the concerns and what are they seeing. And I think in those situations that you can have meaningful dialogue with your child. And I want to point out that Meyer in your case is spelled M-E-I-E-R. Correct. Um, as yes. opposed to Y. So Megan Meyer yes. Foundation and it was .org you said, correct? Correct. And uh, you can also look that up on, on the various social media platforms as well. So, Tina, we always appreciate uh, talking to you, appreciate the, the insight, parting word of advice, because there's a lot of parents out there who are just going to say, oh, man, those kids must have problems. They'll never happen to mine. Right. This happens to kids every single day, kids that whether they struggle, you know, with mental illness or not, um, we all want to be included. We all want to feel that we are valued. And sometimes with technology, we cannot feel as valued or included. So I think listening to your child, talking to them, giving them limits on online versus offline um, are really important. And, you know, our words matter. So think before you click and the, and the things that you say to one another. Tina, thanks so much for the insight. Thank you. Let's talk money. You don't actually think the federal government can spend all of this money and not raise taxes on us at some point, do you? Well, Grover Norquist has the reality check for us. It's just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.